there to self-care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. We have a pod swap today. I'm so excited. So this week we have Alicia of Purely Pope on the podcast, and on Thursday you'll head over to her podcast and hear me on her podcast. So I will link her podcast in the show notes so you can hear the continued conversation and the roles reversed. But as always, let's start with what was in alignment for me this week and out of alignment for me this week. And per usual, you guys reflect on your weeks as well. And if you want to share, you can put that in the Geneva group chat that we're all a part of. If you are new and heading over here from the Purely Pope community, welcome. I'm Jen. I am a YouTuber, a podcaster, and a social media freelancer. I really just juggle a bunch of stuff, but you know that because you listen to the podcast over there. So (laughs) welcome. Excited to have you. Let's dive right in. So what was in alignment for me this week Honestly, the only thing I can really think of is I just am feeling some forward movement in my career with entrepreneurial ventures, new clients for social media consultations, for video editing, and my videos and numbers on social media are doing really well. So I'm feeling hopeful and happy about that. Everything's like slowly working its way on up and things are going pretty well. So that's in alignment. And then out of alignment was something that was brewing for a minute over the week, but really I had like a mini breakdown last night that was much needed. I have my period, so my emotions are heightened. It's definitely my hormones, but I just got emotional because something we all experience, and I think it's super important to be self-aware and not defensive. Like, no, it's true. I'm feeling very jealous right now. It feels like Everyone around me and every couple around me specifically is moving into their perfect, big, bright apartment together. And Ethan and I are hitting our one year of living together in this darker, smaller apartment that we are so lucky to have and grateful to have. We're in an amazing location and, you know, it's it's great in so many ways and it's perfect for us right now and we're saving money, but I just can't wait for the day where... It's our time and we can find an apartment either within our budget or we have a higher budget to work with in the city. And, you know, I'm because I'm making more money or whatever. And, you know, it's our time to live in a big, bright apartment that we're actually excited about and excited to move into and decorate together. And it'll be nice to film in there and easier to film in there. And they actually say today is the biggest day for manifestation. So got to put in the work on that. But, (laughs) you know, I'm very aware that we're always going to look back at this moment in time, us living in a 300 whatever square foot apartment together, laughing nonstop all the time. And it's such a significant part of our story and the start of building a life together. So I do feel attached to this apartment for so many reasons. And I know that, you know, we're going to look back and miss this point in time. So I'm just trying to fully enjoy it and embrace it. And I know that our time will come. But I, you know, we have those hormonal moments where we just got to be honest and be like, fuck it. Yeah, I'm jealous. And it's okay to feel two ways at once. And, you know, Ethan said all the right things, which is rare for a guy to say the right things. And he wasn't judgmental at all. And we're really 
in this together. So just that alone, being able to be vulnerable and just like cry about it and connect over it almost and let it out. I just feel so much better now and I'm able to just move forward appreciating this moment in time for what it is. And I think really the biggest stressor with it is filming, to be honest with you. Like I do miss filming in my old, big, bright, nice apartment. And, you know, it's just hard living in New York City. It's really hard to afford something very nice. So one day our time will come and that's that. So let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. Okay, really quick. My product recommendation of the week is my hair cream. So it's by the brand Oribe. It's the moisturizing hair cream. I think it's like moisturizing super shine cream. And I put it in my hair while it's wet. And then I put my hair in a bun and it just like gets rid of so much frizz and it's shiny. And if you're going to blow it out after, it just looks really nice. It's like an amazing product. I couldn't believe when I first used it that my hair just dried almost like straight on top. It was like I got keratin. It was weird. So it's an amazing product and I'm obsessed with it. Let's get into the guest of this week's episode, Alicia Pope. She is a certified holistic health coach and a Pilates trainer, and she's the founder of Purely You, which is an on-demand body-loving Pilates and motivational health coaching platform to become the best version of you. And she's giving us a promo code for 50% off your first month of Purely You. Just type in Dare to Self-Care. I will link it, put that promo code all in the show notes. So after you listen to the episode, if you're intrigued, you can go take that discount. So thank you, Alicia, for that. What to expect in this episode? All of the benefits of Pilates. I'm asking every question from posture to the difference between megaformer and reformer, all of it. So we're going to talk about Pilates. If you're someone who doesn't even know what Pilates is, we get that specific and intro level with it. We talk about how to change your mindset to live a happier life the importance of mindset, productivity tips as someone who clearly juggles, you know, she's a health coach, she's a trainer, she has her own on-demand platform, she's a content creator. So we get super specific with productivity tips and a lot about setting boundaries, putting yourself first, cultivating self-love and how to actually do that. So enjoy this episode. It's a really well-rounded, incredible wellness-related episode that I really loved. And if you love this episode, please send it to a friend spread the joy, spread the wealth of this episode. And if you are feeling really generous, post this on your Instagram story. We'll screenshot of the episode so all of your followers can check it out and I can see and repost it as well. Let's get into the episode. Hi, Alicia. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. I'm so excited because we're doing a podcast swap. So we're going to spend a little under two hours together. So we should just get comfortable. Yeah. Getting very comfy this morning. I'm excited. (laughs) Okay. Me too. Well, before I forget, we start every episode with your top self-care tip that's played a role in your success. Yeah. So... In terms of this, I feel like I have so many, like it's really hard for me just to, just to narrow in on one. So I feel like going with an overall theme and the overall theme of like my top self-care tips that have really helped my overall success have been working on my mindset. 
And part of that is too, like why I can't just say like, okay, it's like this one thing is because I also feel like it's like, this is something that I coach my clients on all the time. It's about meeting yourself where you're at too. Right. And so it's going to kind of be something different. It's like, I am a Gemini. So I'm like, okay, I really like a routine, but then I also kind of like, oh no, I kind of need this today, or I might need this. But I would say the number one thing has been working on my mindset and to do that, I have so many different things. I have the five-minute journal, which I know that you're a huge fan of. I also yeah. read the Daily Stoic. So Stoicism has been huge in just adjusting my mindset. I found both the five-minute journal and the Daily Stoic when I was in like a really stressful, like hustle time of my life. I was working for a wellness startup and I just kind of would see everything as a big deal. And I was in event planning, you know, and so it's like, it's very stressful, but at the end of the day, it allowed me to see like, okay, but this isn't the end of the world and things can happen to you. And the only thing that you can control is your reaction to them. And if you're just spending time of having this crazy reaction, stressing yourself out, you're only harming yourself, right? It's like, it's like, that doesn't really add any sort of value to the situation. So really, I would say like the two main things have been the daily stoic and the five minute journal every single morning, which has really helped my mindset incrementally in helping me with my success specifically, because I think that mindset is so, so important when you're trying to get to like that next level of success. That's so crazy that you just said what you said, because (laughs) something that has been huge for me in the past year is And something I say to myself all the time is all you can control is how you react. I can't control other people. I can't change someone else's, you know, mental health issue or addiction or anger issue or whatever it might be around me. All I can control is how I react and how I respond to it. And that's a mindset that has been huge for me in the past year and really has really helped me. And I like that we're giving that example because I feel like if I had listened to a podcast maybe three years ago or something before my wellness journey really started, I would have been like, what does that even mean? Mindset is everything or change your yeah. mindset. Change your like it kind of sounds really diluted and just like, what does that even mean? But that was a perfect example of a mindset shift that has truly changed my life. Another one for me is And we can just dive right in because I know you are also a recovering people pleaser like myself. And something that's helped me with that is saying no to someone else is saying yes to yourself. And that's another shift that has totally changed my life. Yeah. That's something that I talk with my clients about all the time. I'm like, when it comes to disappointing somebody else or disappointing yourself, you have to choose to disappoint that other person. Because at the end of the day, if you're not showing up for you who is. And also too, it's like that relationship with that you have with yourself sets the tone for every single other relationship in your life. And that's why it's so funny. Cause it's like, when I work with my clients, we work on all these different areas. It's like, we work on this thing called a circle of life. That's what we use as a tool with health coaching. And you look at all the different areas and like, usually in the first session, they're like, okay, why are we talking about this? Like, why are we talking about the financial aspect? Or why are we talking about like home environment or relationships, things like that? Like, I just want to focus on like nutrition and fitness. Right. But by the Mm -hmm. end of it, they're like, holy shit, like every single area of my life has improved. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you've learned to prioritize yourself over everything else. And sometimes it can seem selfish, 
But at the end of the day, you have to start looking for that like internal validation versus the external validation. Because going back to the recovering people pleaser piece of things, when I was a people pleaser, which was basically my entire life, the reasoning behind it was I was looking for that external validation from somebody else, right? It's like, I was like, oh, well, if I act this way, then people will like me. Or if I'm like the fun party girl, like I'll be like that fun girl, you know, it's like everybody will want to hang out with me. Or if I act this way, this person will love me. Or if I go out and have fun and party and drink and do all the things, then I'll be like part of the group, right? And the thing is, especially in my 20s, like it wasn't that my friends would care if I said no, right? Like it was all on me, you know, like they're amazing friends. Of course, they're going to invite me to go out and drink with them, do whatever that they're doing that they wanted to do. But I was just saying yes to the things that I didn't want to do because I was like, well, I still want them to like me or I still, I need their like approval in a way. Right. And instead of looking for that, I started to just say no. And I realized that, like you said, like saying no to somebody else is saying yes to yourself. And also that the people that matter the most to you and that are important to have in your life, because that's also another huge thing is having people around you that are supporting you, that are uplifting, that you really admire too. But those people that really matter around you are going to support you in those decisions. Like if there's anybody that's ever saying like, oh, well, like you suck because you're not coming out with me. When you say like, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I actually need to like stay in tonight and I need to, I want to wake up and go to like a workout class or something in the morning, or I want to wake up and do my morning routine before work so I can have a productive day or whatever. If you have somebody in your life that's like, okay, you suck, like whatever, Mm -hmm. then that's probably not somebody that you want to have in your life. But I realized too, that like, it was a me issue. It wasn't a them issue, you know, like, and that's the thing. It's going back to that internal versus external validation too. So Absolutely. And there's also those people, maybe they don't say you suck, but they feel like she never sees me. She never makes time for me. And you get that anxiety of like, oh my God, I'm not making enough time for this person. But at the end of the day, you have to take care of yourself to even show up to those plans with that person and be able to give your best energy and actually maintain that strong relationship. Because that's something I struggled with for a long time. I was like, but they're going to think I'm a bad friend, but I haven't seen them in three weeks and I know to them that's a big deal to them. And it's like, well, then that's not the kind of friend I want to have if they're not going to understand the type of friendship that I want as well. So it goes both ways. And I think as you get older, post-college, friendships get a little tricky like that, but it's also a nice opportunity to see which friendships are draining your energy and which ones are giving you energy and lighting you up and which do you feel comfortable saying you know, I have to stay in tonight. I'm so sorry. And they're going to be like, you do you, you've had a long week, like rest up or who is going to make you feel like shit. And it's like kind of important to not only take stock on that, but 
also reciprocate. So don't be that person that's shitting on other people if you don't want to be shit on as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, it's like, like you said, it's really important because you're going to be able to show up as a better version of you for all of those people, right? Like this is something that I talk about all the time and that I had to learn is that if I take that time for me, then I'm going to be able to show up as that best version of me for those people. So really it's one of the least selfish things that you can do is investing that time in yourself. And I think like you said too, about like being understanding when other people have to do that to you is really important because I think it's so easy just to kind of stay in our own bubble and like not realize those things. And also like after college too, it doesn't, something that I've had to learn to accept because now I'm 32, I think I'm like, I kind of lose track. Yeah, I'm 32. (laughs) And, but something that I've had to learn to realize is that just because I've changed and also some of my friends have changed like since college, that doesn't take away from that. Right. And that's also part of like the mindset stuff of seeing things in like an abundance mentality versus a lack mentality, just because I'm gaining new friends in my thirties that I've gotten all these great friends that have super similar interests to me. Now it doesn't take away from like the history and the years that I have with all of my college friends that I have like different interests than that now, you know, but like, it's just a very different relationship, but that doesn't necessarily take away from that either. You know, it's like, I will always have like a special place in my heart. We'll always have all of like our memories and everything. And like, they're like sisters to me. Right. But that doesn't mean that it can't change as you go either. And I think that accepting that and like, and just like kind of handling those changes with grace too, and knowing that they're going to come and that it's not seeing it as a lack, but rather like an abundance, like we're all growing, we're all changing. And that's a good thing, right? It's like, we don't want to remain stagnant people or stagnant creatures too. So I think accepting that is important as well. Absolutely. And it's just crazy how, honestly, it's a theme of the entire podcast in every episode. Everything, no matter what the topic, comes back to mindset and changing your perspective in order to live a happier, healthier life, like truly. And I know that's something you talk a lot about with your clients and on your Pilates platform. So I do want to dive into all of that. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. So what started your interest in wellness for you? Was it Pilates was it something else? Was it wanting to create content? Yeah. So my story, it kind of like goes back really far. So I'm like, where do we want to begin? Um, so my mom was always very like health conscious growing up. Um, she like cooked organic food and was is, was very into all those things. But I also think that in that era when I was growing up too, it was a lot of like Weight Watchers and low fat and all of these things. And so going into college when I wanted to be like that fun party one, whatever, I gained a lot of weight when I went to college. And all of a sudden I came back home and I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to, because I associated being skinny with being liked. I associated like the way that you looked with how people would receive you, right? Because it just, it gets ingrained in us in all different ways throughout society, throughout culture, all these different things. And so I think I did like the special K diet to like lose a bunch of weight when I got, when I went back to like college my sophomore year. And I just kept going through this, like all these different diets throughout college and just really not having, it was really just like 
like kind of restricting during the week, binging on the weekends, things like that. And then also really into like my twenties after college. Again, I, I go back to that people pleaser mentality. I was looking for other people to like me, to feel good, those sorts of things. And part of that like persona and identity that I took on was that like fun party girl mentality, which is like kind of funny now that I'm just like all into all the wellness things. I'm like, okay. I'm with you. Yeah. I had this same journey. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I feel like so many of us have, and I think that I was searching for something in that, you know, of like the going out and all that. So I started to get back into it probably in like my mid twenties and I started to just really want for something more. There was a super toxic relationship that I was a part of and he just was very, it was really like verbally abusive to be honest. And when I was in that, I started to realize like when I got towards the end of it, it was like a year long when I got towards the end of it. That's when I started to realize this like self-love piece. I was like, why the hell am I giving this person so much of my energy? It was kind of like a wake up moment. It's like, why am I giving them so much of my energy and not taking care of myself and not saying yes to things that like I actually want to do. So I started to do that in all areas of my life. Like I got rid of rid of him and then I started to really implement that. So I started to get back into um, the health and wellness space. And I actually had a blog in college and shortly after that, probably like a year after that, like my like self-love phase, I met my now husband too. And I started to just kind of really get more into the wellness stuff. So I started buying all the books. I started like, you know, going back to classes and things like that. Um, and then from there, he was like, well, why don't you like start a blog? You know, cause I was actually working. I started to work. I was in corporate events at the time and I started to work at a wellness startup, which was called Hello Wellness. I don't know if you ever heard of it in New York. I have it. Um, but it, it's not around anymore, but it was basically like wellness events with influencers and stuff in like New York, Chicago, LA, um, a bunch of the big cities. And I ended up working for them as the director of events. And now like the founders are like two of my best friends. And my husband was like, well, why don't you start like a blog while you're doing this? He's like, you're going to be meeting a ton of really cool people in the wellness space. You're really into wellness. And my friends had already kind of like, and this is actually a tip for anybody that's wanting to get into like the online space is that you have to think about yourself is that you're already an influencer. Like everybody is an influencer. If you have three people in your life or even one person in your life that would take advice from you, then like you're an influencer, right? It's like you're influencing other people's decisions. So I think that that's one thing too. And he was like, you know, you have all of your friends asking you, you know, where, where are you eating? Where are you working out? Whatever. He's like, you should start sharing it. So he encouraged me to start sharing it. So I did that. And like, as it gained a little bit of traction, I was like, okay, I kind of want more validity behind this because I didn't ever know that I wanted to do a career in the health and wellness space when I was in college, I did communications, Um, and so I went to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and when I started going there, I really just picked up on, you know, this concept of bio-individuality and also this concept that like, there is no one size fits all for everybody. And that was kind of like a wake up moment for me in terms of the things that I was doing in with my like nutrition and fitness. And that's where just along, along the lines, I started to, 
realize how big of a role that mindset played. And so then I started to take on -on one-on-one clients and I started to realize it's funny because the more that I took on clients, the more that I feel like I like healed myself as well, because I was trying to really dig deep on seeing how I could help other people like, you know, find intuitive eating, ditch diet culture, find intuitive movement too, because that's something forever. Like I know you asked about like, which came first. So it's kind of like the health coaching and really just getting into the wellness space that was first. And then I think part of it was too, is that I I was already doing intuitive movement at the time, but I didn't really realize it. I, I first discovered Pilates like probably eight years ago, like in my early twenties. So I'm like dating myself, but, but yeah, I first, <laughs> I first discovered Pilates in my early twenties, but for a really long time, I, again, going back to a mindset thing, I used to think like, you have to like a workout has to make you feel depleted to actually like be good enough, or it has to be like really hard on your body to be like, quote unquote, worth it. It has to be an hour long to do anything, those sorts of things. And I was always focusing on moving for how I wanted to look versus how I wanted to feel. But that was something that I kind of like intuitively started to do. But then when I started coaching, when I started sharing things online, I started to realize that people were maybe still a lot in that space. So it started to be another topic that I really focused on more. Um, So that's like a little bit about how I found like the wellness space and started doing the coaching. And I'm sure we can dive into any of those topics too deeper. Yeah. I want to start with Pilates because you mentioned something that I think so many people still feel that you have to do, you know, a high intensity workout to look a certain way, or you have to feel depleted, or you didn't really work out, or it's a lazy workout. And there are just a lot of myths about low impact workouts. And I think one of them is also one that I felt was, I won't build strength, or I won't get stronger through Pilates, I'll just look better. But like, Mm -hmm. I won't actually be able to lift heavier or whatnot. So can you just like bust some myths about Pilates? And if anyone's never tried it and is curious about it, like how would you explain what Pilates actually is? Yeah. So I think that like to everybody, it's going to be something a little bit different. And I think that that's like the, the beauty of it too, but I would explain it as like almost like a moving meditation and it's a way to really connect with not only your mind, but also your body. And it uses a lot of breath and it's also like very precise too. Um, and, and it's a way to, it's all also like based in your core. So it's a core based movement, which I think is really important because our core is our powerhouse, right? Like our core is the center of our body. We need our core to do pretty much every single thing. And every single move in Pilates involves your core. Um, So that's how I would describe it. How I teach Pilates is more so of a body loving Pilates movement, because I think that that's something that I realized in the fitness space too. I still see it like on Pinterest or like YouTube where there's like all these catchy things like burn off fat or like belly fat blasting workout, whatever. And I just like, I just really don't think that's the right energy to put into our minds or our bodies, right? Again, because it's it's like it's wanting to be smaller versus wanting to get stronger. And you 100% can get stronger with Pilates. Um, it, it's honestly, it's funny too, because I, when I was going through my Pilates training, our teacher was telling us, she's like, you know, a lot of the times in the gym, it's like, you're focusing on, say you're doing like crunches or something. She's like, you're focusing mm-hmm. on like the aesthetics of getting like the six pack workout, whatever. 
Whereas with Pilates, like a lot of the times you're working on that, like second layer, you're working on your deepest core abdominals and every single area. And you're hitting muscles that you didn't even know that you had. And even like my friend texted me the other day and she was like, I've been, I'm not, I won't name like the studio, but she's like, I've been doing this like hit, you know, it has like running and weights and all these things. She's like, I've been doing the, this hit workout for a year. And she's like, and I've been doing your workouts for a few weeks. And she's like, and I'm already starting to see like changes in my body. Because I think another piece of things that people don't really think about is the hormones, especially as women. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not shitting on HIIT workouts because I think I truly do believe that you should do whatever truly makes you feel good, whatever you enjoy, because that's the bio-individuality piece, right? Like Pilates isn't going to be for everybody. Like if you dread doing a Pilates class, like don't do it. You know, like, like, I think that's like an important thing too. And it's like, I have my own Pilates business. Of course, I would love every single person to do Pilates, but I know (laughs) that I'm not for every single person, you know? Um, And so that's the thing too, is that it's, it's really focusing on all these different muscles that you didn't even know you had, but going back to the hormones piece is that as women, our cycle and our hormones, our, our cycle has four different phases and each different phase of our cycle, our hormones are changing. So things like, you know, when you're on your period, for example, I used to tell myself, like when I was in this, like this area with movement that I didn't love that I was just like, okay, I'm just focusing it on this. When I was in the should mentality of like, I should Mm -hmm. do this or it should hurt, whatever. Um, I would tell myself, no, I can't miss a Monday, even when it was on, when I was on my period. Right. And it's like, actually, no, like actually your cortisol is higher when you're on your period. You shouldn't be going to a HIIT workout because that's going to spike your cortisol even more, which is not great for your hormones. It's like, you want to try to bring that down. And also you need extra sleep during that time. Your body literally needs it. So learning about the cycle too, is like very validating. So Um, Pilates is also really, really great for your hormones because it's all low cortisol. It's still a endurance based workout. Like your heart will be pumping during Pilates, but it's not raising your heart rate so much or raising your cortisol so much either. So that's another reason why I love it and why I said like the moving meditation piece. Um, and there's a lot of other benefits too. It's like, it focuses on your pelvic floor so much, like it can improve your sex life. It can make birth easier, things like that. Um, it's, it's amazing. I love it. I personally love, love Pilates. And I actually just recently tried a reformer machine for the first time. I started with Matt Pilates and also Megaformer. So I just like skipped the reformer at yeah. a certain point. Um, but I, I feel so good after like stretched and lengthened and just not fatigued at all. And I had a similar experience to your friend in that I was doing really high intensity workouts for a long time because I genuinely enjoy them. Like I love the rush from them. I love like my adrenaline. Like I, I just, I love the feeling after I'm in such a good mood, but when I'm only doing those all the time, I'm, I struggle with IBS and I'm more bloated and more inflamed when I'm doing HIIT workouts than when I'm doing all low impact workouts. And it's, exactly what you said I've learned is your cortisol spiking, which then is making your inflammation spike as well, which then obviously you're going to be more bloated. So what works for me personally is I, when I feel guided to Pilates, like when I'm on my period, I do that. And I do the hit workouts like once to twice a week because it's fun for me, but yeah. I know that it's not going to make me necessarily feel my best for the week, if that makes sense. So I agree. Oh. It really is about like finding that sweet spot for you 
And I mean, you mentioned the hormones and the pelvic floor. Is it also, I'm pretty sure it is, but you're the expert. Is Pilates also great for like posture and flexibility? It's amazing for posture and flexibility okay. for sure. And what's interesting too, is that so often we try to like overdo it, you know, like I, I don't know if like when you've done the reformer, you know, when you do the leg circles where your your mm-hmm. where your feet are in the straps. So often people will be like, okay, how big can I do the circles of like really making right. it like so huge? But actually, like a lot of the times we want to really try to bring that in and make the circles like a little bit smaller too. Because yes, you can be super flexible, but if you don't have the core strength to control that movement as well, and you're just being like flexy all over the place, then that's also not like super beneficial. So even trying to work on that like control of it, but yeah, it's for sure going to help you with flexibility. It helps with posture. Um, it also helps to improve blood flow. And I love that you mentioned the bloating piece as well and inflammation mm-hmm. because so many of like, there's even a move in Pilates on the reformer called stomach massage and it's for like digestion and bloating and things like that. And to really help because you are moving your body in a way where you're getting rid of inflammation, you're flushing out toxins. Like, I mean, if you think about in the hundred, if anybody knows that it's like when you're in like a boat pose and you're, and you're slapping your arms down to the, in the air, that actually, it's like, think about like where your lymph nodes are. It's like, that's in your armpit right there. It's like, you're mm-hmm. flushing out so many toxins while you're doing that too. Um, I know everybody loves lymphatic drainage right now. So that's like, that's another benefit of it as well. Like you mentioned, and that's, that's why, because so many of the moves are focusing on that too. And are you referring to just the reformer machine or Matt Pilates gives the same benefits? Matt Pilates gives the same benefits. Yeah. Okay. And it's funny too. It's like in the history of Pilates with Joseph Pilates, he actually created the reformer to assist people in getting into the correct form and mat moves more. So like the mat Pilates was created first and the reformer was actually created to make the mat Pilates like assist you to get into the, into the moves to make it easier to like target the certain muscles and things like that. So a lot of times think about it. People think that like the reformer is harder than mat, but actually the reformer was made to like get, get people to be able to get into the positions and like activate the muscles easier, which is interesting. That makes a lot of sense now that I know that because you'll be lying on your side in Matt Pilates or when you're doing it at home and doing the, you know, leg circles, for example, like you just mentioned and being able to visualize it as you do it with, you know, the band around your foot and the resistance there is really helpful. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like a fun fact. Yeah, that is a fun fact. How do you, how often would you, this is like selfishly asking questions now, how often would you say someone should be practicing, not should be, I hate using that word, but to, should be practicing Pilates in order to receive the benefits of posture, hormonal balance, all those types of like outside of aesthetic? Yeah. I mean, I would say like a few times a week, but also too, it's like going back to that should it's like, I think that however often you're able to do it. Cause I think that that was also something that was really big for me. And I'm, I'm working on adding more like quickies to my platform as well, because I think that, I think that the consistency of showing up for you each day is really important. 
whether that's five minutes or whether that's 10 minutes or whatever it is that you can squeeze in for the day. Because I think that that consistency piece is what is going to really like move you along. Because also too, it's funny, I had a private client the other day for Pilates and she was texting me and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so engaged in my core. Because I was telling her, I was like, <laughs> just think about it. Like we we do this thing. It's like where we stand up and I'm like, okay, this is how like you're, you're supposed to activate your core like throughout basically all of the movements. And so mm-hmm. she was texting me. She's like, I'm so engaged right now. Cause I was joking with her. I was like, when you get the shampoo in the shower, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, you right. can kind of like try to practice these things too, and try to like activate your core. And that helps you stand up taller. It helps you stand up prouder, like shine your heart forward, chest forward, chest proud, um, went throughout the day when you're doing it too. So I think that the Pilates principles that you work on will also trickle down throughout the day as well. Um, which is interesting too. So it's like, of course, like if you do it more, you're going to see, you're going to see more benefits. But I also think that too, of just like meeting yourself where you're at and gradually increasing is important too. Completely. That's why I was like, as I was asking the question, I'm like, not should, but I don't know how else yeah. to phrase <laughs> um, And then I mentioned a mega former before. Do you know anything about the LeGray method in terms of, I feel like it's a, It's honestly, although it's Pilates, it's a totally different experience and it's a totally different feeling and stress on your muscles. Yeah. And it's like about true muscle fatigue. And I definitely feel very different when I walk out of a reformer class and a mega former class. And every time I like review workouts on Instagram and TikTok, and I'll always get messages saying, I'm finally trying Pilates for the first time. I'm going to SLT or I'm going to solid core. And I'm like, no, that's not Pilates. Like they always leave and they're like, holy shit, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm never doing Pilates again. And I'm like, no, you skipped to like mega Pilates, which is a totally different experience. So do you have any opinions or thoughts on the mega former workout? Because sometimes it, it almost feels like too much. And I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. Yeah. So it's funny, like actually at the, at the studio that I trained at here, the owner of the studio said, she was like, you know, so often we get people from the Legree studios that Mm -hmm. have been injured and come here to like rehabilitate essentially. Um, So a lot of people will say that like Legree isn't like a lot of people in the Pilates space will say like Legree isn't Pilates, that it's like, it's different, Um, which it has a lot of the same principles. The biggest difference between like, a typical, a traditional Pilates reformer and the mega former and Legree method is that the resistance. And so like you mentioned, it's a lot more on your muscles. So it's actually a lot harder on your muscles and like you're on, on your joints. So, and it's much easier to get injured. So like, I would definitely not recommend it for anybody that's new to Pilates. Like I would definitely work on really getting your core strength up and things like that. I mean, I, I love Legree. It's like, I've been to it a lot, but I do prefer Pilates because I feel like because of the high resistance, and this is just like me personally too, because of the high resistance on the mega formers, I almost feel like more scrunched versus lengthened because you're always yes. kind of like, you're always kind of trying to like, even though I'm like, I'm like mim- mimicking me being on a plank <laughs> in there, but it's, it's almost like you're, you're fighting to strength, to lengthen your body versus that like stretching feeling that you feel on the traditional reformer. Um, and it's not that it's 
easier in any sort of way. What's funny too about what I've learned about Pilates, like Matt Pilates and reformer Pilates, like traditional reformer Pilates, is that I almost feel like it gets more difficult and more challenging the more that I learn about it, right? Like, so after I did my Pilates training, I went to my first reformer class afterwards and I was like, holy shit, that was the hardest class I ever took. But it was also because I was learning to engage my muscles. I think Pilates is one of those things where it can be super easy if you're not engaging correctly. But if you find a teacher that really explains the form to you, that explains like where your body should be in certain positions, where you should be feeling things, then you're going to see the biggest difference because form is really important in Pilates too. 100% that makes sense to me because what I think of immediately is when you're doing, let's say, like an arm Pilates workout at home and you're supposed to just move your arms up and down, if you don't know that you should be creating your own resistance and almost acting as if you're in a swimming pool pushing against water, you're just like flailing your you're arms just like around clapping. and that's yeah, you're like okay literally <laughs> yeah 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 that's exactly. like what my husband does so, <laughs> yeah so it makes complete sense if you don't know how to make it hard for yourself mm-hmm. and make it a workout it could just be like exactly what you just said flapping around so yeah I do want to get into just like social media and business because as we're talking about all this you've already mentioned health coaching blogging Pilates, you have your own podcast that we're about to do a swap on. So like you do a lot and people say that to me, but I think you do a lot more. How do you do it all? Like what are some productivity tips for people who are multi-passionate or are expanding maybe like their Instagram into now a coaching business and an on-demand platform and all these things that you do? Yeah. Number one, I love that term multi-passionate because I've, I've never heard that before and I'm obsessed with that. Um, so yes, I am multi-passionate. Someone came on my podcast for human design and said, I'm a manifesting generator. I'm multi-passionate. And ever since they said that, I'm like, it makes so much sense. Yes. Oh my gosh. I had somebody on my podcast about human design as well. And she kind of mentioned that I'm a manifesting generator. And she kind of mentioned, she said like, where they tell you the environments and she said, you thrive in a kitchen. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like I like to cook. And she's like, no, but like not literally. She's like, there's always a lot going on in a kitchen, you know, like a lot of different like people to talk to and things to manage and whatever. And she's like, and you thrive in those environments. So I think that that's also part of it too, is that it's like understanding who you are, because I don't think everybody thrives with a thousand things going on at once. And that is literally a part of my personality. It's part of my human design of really thriving with those things. So I would say in terms of productivity, time batching has really helped me of, of organizing what days I do things. So, and I've also too started to, especially as I've launched my on-demand platform, I've started to have like a little bit more grace with myself of when I'm doing things because for so long I had this mentality of like, it's a Monday at nine. Like I have to be sitting in front of my computer or, you know, it's like, it's five o'clock. Like, Oh, I I still need to be working when really it's like this past week. Like my friend was like, Oh, do you want to go on a hike on Monday morning? And I'm like, Oh, I I don't know. I'm like, should I go on a hike on Monday morning? Like, should I do that? But I was like, Mm -hmm. I just spent my entire weekend working. Like I was like, I filmed for five hours. I edited a bunch of videos. I'm like, 
I can go on a freaking hike on Monday. It's like take advantage of having this because I think that so often people just see the like those like bright sides of it, but it's also I'm like, okay, yes, but like in your nine to five, you aren't working probably over the weekend, but it's it's nice to have a passion that you are that you're glad to work over the weekend for. But I would say that dedicating certain days to certain things is important. I'm like on Tuesdays and Thursdays, those are my client days on Wednesdays and Fridays, they're normally my like recording days, my podcast days. And now they're also my like big editing days too. And on Mondays, that's when I really start to plan my week and see, and I love my to-do list. But also another tip that I've loved is my done list, because that's something where being like kind of I set really high expectations for myself and I have a lot of like different like perfectionist qualities, which I'm trying to be a recovering perfectionist and know that that, because I think that so often perfection can paralyze you. So I think that's like a tip for anybody that's really wanting to start anything online or pursue multiple passions is don't let that stop you. Like you're actually going to learn from doing versus like all the planning. Cause that's how I am too. I'm like, Oh, everything needs to be perfect, whatever. But I'm like, okay, no, I'm just going to get it out there. And then it's going to refine itself and get better as I do it. Like that's the best way to learn, um, is not focusing on the how, but rather just doing and figuring it out along the way, like knowing your why. Um, but the done list has really helped me because so often I'll be like, Oh my God, like I still have so much stuff left on my to-do list. Like how, how I should, like keep working throughout the night. But then sometimes when I get in that mindset, I'll write down a done list and I'll write down like all the things that I accomplished for that day. And I'm like, okay. Like, and I like, I can take like a little bit of like a breather and be like, okay, like I, 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 I was very productive today. And it's like kind of reassuring because I think so often, especially we are our hardest critics. And I think so often it's like, if we look at our day, we're like, oh my God, like we, we tend to focus, which is why I love the gratitude journal. It's like, it's already training you to focus mm-hmm. on the positives, but it's like, we look at all of these things that we're like, oh my gosh, like I still have to do all of that. It's like, we're trained to like, see like the negative or see the lack. So I have to use all these practices to be like, okay, no, but like you also got all of this done. So like, take a breather, recharge. And I also heard recently, which is like one of my favorite tips. It was from Tony Robbins actually. And he said that the most successful people, especially in like entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, the most successful people in business or in life spend the most time on improving themselves, like, and on self-improvement, self-development versus it's like, you know, spending time like hustling or or in your business or whatever. It's like they, they actually spend time on themselves and bettering themselves and growing. And I think that's something that I have to remember a lot too. Cause like, I'm not perfect. It's like, there's not, you know, it's like, it's like learning as you go is really, really important. I love that idea of a done list though. I think that's something I'm going to start implementing. Also, I heard you say in another podcast, your happy folder And I have a folder on my computer that's just called like YouTube comments. And it's something I've been dropping in. I honestly forgot about it until you said happy folder. But a while ago, I would drop all positive comments in there just for whenever I'm feeling low. I can go in there and be like, okay, I'm impacting someone or this is getting me somewhere. And I literally just went to that folder and renamed it happy folder because I love that. Yeah. And what else do you have in your happy folder? Like, 
other than maybe some comments, I'm like, what else can we all put in our happy folders oh when God, we need yeah. some inspiration? Yeah. So the happy folder, actually, there was, it was my coworker when I was in the corporate event space. It was, and I was like brand new. I was like two years into like corporate life. And she had told me, she's like, this job gets really stressful. And sometimes events can seem like they're the end of the world. She's like, number one, remember, like you're not a nurse or like you're not in the medical <laughs> field. Like we're not saving lives. Like it's a party at the end of the day. And then she's like, number two, like create a happy folder for whenever things get rough. So it was like, it started off as like kind emails from like bosses or like good reviews from clients, things like that. And, and including all of those emails in the happy folder. So I still do emails. I do um, client texts or reviews. I do, yeah, like the comments. I also will do something where it's like an achievement or something, you know, of like, oh my gosh, my podcast just hit this many downloads or whatever, like things like that, like stats, things like that. Um, so those are usually the things that go in there. Like you said, like, it's like nice comments, DMs, client texts, um, things like that. Because it's all really like business related for me. Because I'm like, okay, if I a happy folder in my life is basically yeah. like, I'm like, okay, my family or my husband or whatever. But yeah, it's all the business stuff um, that when you're feeling down, because that's the thing too, I think especially, it's so funny because I feel like sometimes when you have these highs, especially when you're like as an entrepreneur or a solopreneur or whatever, it almost creates like a little bit more pressure because you're like, oh, now I have to get that. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I reached mm-hmm. that. So like now I have to like consistently do that, you know? And so it, it almost creates this like pressure in a way too. So I think that going back to that happy folder when you are feeling down, when you are feeling lack to like motivate yourself is is really important. And just like remember your why. I think everyone needs a happy folder. Yeah. I'm obsessed with this idea. I didn't yeah. I didn't realize I had one. And then I was like, wait, I literally have this. I'm renaming it. It's now like a yellow folder on my computer. I'm obsessed with it. I love that. <laughs> okay. Well, before we go into rapid fire, I just have to ask you really quick. For anyone who's looking to grow on Instagram, you've grown your platform. Do you have any quick like growth tip or strategy that could help someone grow their Instagram right now? <sighs> I would say staying really authentic to you and focus on creating, over consuming, and documenting versus creating too. Those are like the two tips that have helped me a lot because I think it's so easy on Instagram, especially to just look at what other people are doing and compare yourself or maybe even like not consciously, subconsciously, like mimic what their message is or whatever that is. And so something, especially like, as I've been developing, like, I don't, I try not to follow like certain people that are in, that are saying like the exact same message as me or like doing the exact same thing as me, not because I don't want to support them. Like I will like obviously follow them, whatever. It has nothing to do with that because I really like to focus on the abundance mentality, but I also, I want to make sure that I'm staying like true to like what my messages and what my like vision is too. So I think that's something that I really like to focus on is the creating over consuming, but also too like the documenting over over creating. Cause I think that so often it's like, I actually just had a coaching for health coaches group program that I, that I finished like two, two months ago with another health coach that I'm like really good friends with. And one of the biggest tips that we gave them, because so often they're like, well, I have a nine to five job and like, I I'm, I'm dropping the kids off here and I'm doing this. And like the, like everybody has a million things going on. And I was like, 
share that, you know, it's like, that's what people, people want that vulnerability and people want that real life. You know, it's like this, this one girl that I was just talking to the other day on a coaching call, she was like, you know, I just feel like I'm like, my house isn't put together. I'm like, my, my kids are like out of school right now, whatever. I was like, share that. I'm like, that's what people want to see, you know? And like, they want to see like what you're actually going through. I think people are sick of the, like such a curated space. And I think that so often people are like, oh, well, I have to present that online. But I think that showing the realness and showing the vulnerability and focusing on that documenting, that's part of why, like, I've I'm like Instagram. I'm like, I have a love hate relationship with right now, but I'm like, that's a part of the reason why I love TikTok so much is because I'm just like, I feel like it's so documenting, you know, where it's like, you don't, it doesn't necessarily feel like such curated content. Um, but yeah, like I don't really have any sort of like content creation days or anything like that. I just more so am documenting throughout my life. So really thinking about doing that, staying true to you. And also too, I have a folder on my phone where I just write different ideas that come up throughout the day so that I have areas to go to for when you aren't feeling inspired. Because I do think that the consistency piece is really important as well, um, especially when you're trying to grow and when you're trying to share something online too. Definitely. I think that idea list is key because if you feel so much pressure to just put something out there, you're going to automatically just have. Exactly. So I think that idea list is key. Um, Okay. Let's go into ending segment, fun facts and favorites. What is your favorite podcast right now? It's going to have an Angela him and her. It's like my favorite ever. (laughs) Same. I listen to every single episode, even if I have zero interest in the topic. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Okay. Well, this is an obvious answer, but maybe you have something interesting. What's your favorite workout class? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say doing my purely Pilates. Um, However, like my favorite workout class here in LA, if I am going into a studio is Karen Lord Pilates. I love that. That's where I got my training at. Um, And I love it's like a super athletic method. Um, so yeah, that would be my, my in-person one here. Okay, cool. When do you feel your happiest? Spending quality time with my husband on walks, time with my family. My family is all over the world. So I'm like, or not all over the world, but all over the country. So like when we all get in the same place and, and preferably if I'm somewhere warm and sunny. <laughs> what would be your last meal on earth? <sighs> Um, hmm. honestly, my avocado toast and eggs with sea salt and tomato. It's my favorite meal ever. But if I had to say something like a little bit more fun, maybe like pistachio gelato. I love pistachio gelato. You can have both. Perfect. Yeah, you can yeah, have, we have it all, we have it all together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where can the people find you and your Pilates platform? All of it at purelypope.com. That's where you can find my Pilates platform. You just go to the on demand. And I think we were doing a code too, right? Yeah. So it you said it was dare to self-care for 50% off your first month. Perfect. Okay, great. Yeah. So use dare to self-care for 50% off your first month of purely you, which is my on-demand platform. Um, It is on-demand Pilates as well as health coaching because that was a really important aspect to me because I think so often like I think a big thing with the wellness industry is that 
a lot of it might not seem super accessible. And I know that health coaching, especially one-on-one is maybe not available to everybody. So I have a different theme each month and I also do health coaching on there. So it's like there's intuitive eating was one month. I just did um, no more. I'll start again on Monday. So essentially like balance is this month. And then I've also done change your mindset, change your life. We've talked all about that. So there's basically one video a week and they're all under 10 minutes and that's health coaching. And it gives you, you know, self self work tips and things like that. So it's on demand, body loving Pilates slows and motivational health coaching. So you can use that. And then I'm purely Pope at everywhere. So TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube, Instagram, all of the things. And yeah. And the purely podcast. It's the, that one too. Exactly. <laughs> like which is that. what you can go to right now to hear yes. us flip the interviewer and interviewee. And we're going to do a little swap and go record that next. So head over there. Thank you, Alicia. Thanks for having me.